0: It's May 11th, 2020. This is Rook. One thing we're learning as we start to build a reservatory of compelling personalities and stories in the global Iranian community with this show is that while there are amazing people of Iranian background doing amazing things around the world, most of them have had to deal with a great deal of adversity to get there. Today's guest is a brilliant example of overcoming the odds, and in her case, she spent the first half of her life in Iran, but has built her impressive acting and modeling career outside of it. Now she's a star in Asia, but not very well known in her country of birth. This is Conversations From, To, and About the Iranian Diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rokh. To episode number eight of bashin. You see? Both of them, for those of you who are keeping score of previous shows. Otherwise, you don't know what I'm talking about. website, finally, Hazer That's right, our, our website, or in Farsi, website, uh, our website is Hazer. Uh, I think. Rookamedia.com is where to find it and to uh, sign up for Rook info and updates. Thank you as ever to those supporting us and spreading the word on this show as we um, uh, slowly build it. Uh, I, I mentioned last week that we're going to be exploring personalities in our diaspora who are succeeding at the highest levels of Bollywood and Hollywood. So let's start with Bollywood and let me get to our featured guest on this episode of Rook. So think of the big stars of today, actors, models, influencers. When we look at celebrities' editorial spreads in magazines or their photo ops on Instagram or the promotional material of their recent big projects, we may see them in a framed image of attractive brilliance and effortless happiness, as if they were chosen by ancient gods to shine like golden statues among the of us. But certainly what those depictions may lack is the story of the often very difficult journeys that some celebrities have had to travel on long winding paths. What is depicted as effortless, in fact, can be the fruit of years of yearning, hard work, discipline, dedication, turbulence, physical and mental sacrifice, and perhaps even rejection, alienation, and loneliness. And at the end, the cause of one's success or failure could simply hinge on such vulnerabilities that many could not have surmounted. My guest today is someone who's come a long way from the taboos of her home country of Iran. But even now, controversies as an Iranian Muslim woman can follow her all the way to India, where she resides today and is a massive star. Mondana Karimi is an actress and model based in Mumbai. She was born and raised near Tehran in a conservative Muslim family. In her late teens, she left her career as a flight attendant in Iran to pursue professional modeling in Malaysia. After working on various international modeling projects for top designers, she ended up in Mumbai to pursue a modeling and acting career there. Since then, Mandana has been cast in numerous feature films and Indian TV commercials with renowned people such as Shahrukh Khan, Saif Ali Khan, Kareena Kapoor and Arjun Kapoor. She has appeared in major movies such as Roy, Bagh Johnny, Kiakul Hain Ham 3, and also a TV series called Ishbaz. She was also the first confirmed contestant on the reality TV show Big Boss 9, where she was one of the finalists of the season. In addition, Mondana Karimi is a humanitarian who has worked extensively with underprivileged children in India. She's an impressive mixture of talent, celebrity, ambition, and fortitude. And today, for her first interview ever in English, aimed at the Iranian diaspora, Mandana Kadimi joins me from Mumbai, India. Hello, Mandana.
1: Hi. Oh my God! What uh, What you just explained and spoke about people who, you know, they they look so glamorous, and you know, sometimes we don't know where they come from. That that just such a such a great introduction. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for doing this, and thanks for saying that. I yeah, there is so much to yeah. talk to you about with your incredible journey. But let me just start with where you are right <laughs> now and our current global situation. I mean, this is the obligatory question now for every beginning of every interview. How are you doing in the era of COVID?
1: Yeah. I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm keeping it really well and healthy and safe. Uh, at the moment, I'm in Mumbai. I'm in India. And uh, I've been isolated for the past, um, I think, almost two months, maybe more. Uh, because before the pandemic started, in, in, uh, especially in India, when the lockdown started, I was uh, busy shooting for my web series. And um, because of the travel history that I had and because I spent so much time on set, so I had to isolate it myself before the lockdown started in India. So um, I'm doing great. I mean, it's not so bad. I'm uh, quite enjoying it. I'm uh, managing to do a lot at home, Um, constantly keeping myself busy throughout the day. Uh, I stay alone. I don't have my uh, full-time help who used to stay with me. She's not there anymore. And uh, I don't have my family here, so I'm alone at home with my two doggies. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Mumbai is the largest most yeah. populous city in India and it's it's one of the most densely populated urban areas in the world so how has the lockdown yeah. changed the face of that city and I was thinking we hear about empty streets having this effect on the environment in places like Los Angeles or Tehran do you feel like the air is less polluted in Mumbai as compared to before the corona time?
1: Oh for sure I think it was a few days ago that uh, there was a news uh, somewhere very close to Mumbai, uh, there has been a massive, num- a big number of uh, flamingos which have, haven't have been seen for, I think, more than 20 years or maybe more. And that's also mm. a pink flamingo, which is in the area that they have come back. It used to be a, a sort of like a river which used to come from Puna. And uh, now they are back. And it's, it's quite shocking or... As a matter of fact, there was, I think, dolphins being seen in, uh, in Mumbai at the ocean. Wow. So uh, for sure, the nature is healing itself.
0: Of course, the professional implications are not as rosy. And you talked about having to suspend your web series. Mumbai is known as the heart yeah. of the Bollywood film industry. How has the, the spread of COVID-19 yeah. affected the film industry and your work life in that sense?
1: Unfortunately for me, it has affected my work a lot. Because I was shooting for one show, and I was supposed to start shooting for another show a month and a half ago. And so we didn't finish the first show. My other show is also hasn't started yet, and I was supposed to be traveling now for another movie. So I can say easily for the for the next six months of my schedule, it's completely destroyed. And uh, luckily, the next three projects that I was supposed to be doing, it's on OTP platforms in India. We can manage uh, studios and we can manage a small crew. But my other movie, they're not sure if they're going to even be able to shoot this year. By the law of India, for the movie set, you can't have more than seven people on set. So everyone is trying really hard to figure out when we can go back to movie sets.
0: And you seem like such a prolific personality. You know, you're you're involved in so many things. Are you going stir crazy?
1: yeah i love my work and obviously yes i am missing being on set and shooting 2020 was for me shooting for four projects back to back um it's kind of sad that i couldn't continue shooting but uh as all of us know iranians you know they are very uh, hard-working people we we managed to find <laughs> Hello.
0: Yes, I, I, I'm laughing. Go ahead. We. Uh, so I was thinking, some oh of us, some are hardworking. Some, <laughs> I know some who aren't as hardworking. But go oh. ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Iranians they're really hardworking and they're like they're really smart and they're honest people and um, I think we love working. We love achieving our goals. I, I don't know. I found that quality in Iranians. Um, so so yeah, I, I keep my myself really busy and. Um, all I think every day that I need to make the most of what I have. Hmm.
0: Uh, take us back, yeah. Mandana. You're this huge star now across Asia, as I intimated in the introduction. Uh, it's hard yeah. to not see you as this glamorous, well-off star, but you come from a pretty modest background in Iran. Can you describe your childhood in Iran?
1: <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you know story as a story, and you watch a movie and, you know, you see that person from where they come from and what they achieve. And it's just two different people, you know. You always you always think where this person has come from. Why, like, was she like this from the beginning? That's exactly me. Because I come from, uh, I wasn't born in Tehran. Uh, I was born in Save Save is a very small city uh, near like, uh, how many hours from Tehran? Like, two hours, I think. Um, It's a very small city. I come from a very um, basic, small family. I've come absolutely from a father who had a normal job to kind of just survive in his life and taking care of his family. I come from a place where there is no value to art. There is no... Um, value to movies. You, you can't actually watch any films. It's, it's more like an illegal thing, you know, hmm. it's, um, and especially my family because I wasn't introduced to movies or I wasn't introduced to TV or cartoons or uh, English or none of that. A very basic house barely survive or barely managing to just survive and i used to go to a public school where in salve uh, obviously we used to cover and you know wear hijab and uh yeah so that that was my basically my childhood yeah. So yeah, helpful.
0: you're not exactly, uh, uh, you know, I forget the name of uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's kid. You know, who's just expected to be a, a star, following in their footsteps. Yeah. That that was obviously not the prescribed goal for you. But when you would lie in bed yeah. in this uh, modest town in 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 Iran as a kid, was this even conceivable yeah. in your head that you're going to become this star? That you're you're going to become <laughs> this international model and actress?
1: No, you know what was in my mind. I tell you a funny story. I used to fight with my family, but okay. So from outside, I used to be this really shy, uh, skinny, big glasses, wearing a big glasses, and not. I wasn't even able to stand up for myself as a kid. I was a really good student. I couldn't even like take any credit for myself in my school while I was doing everyone's homework. But I had one thought uh, from my childhood, where I used to dream myself outside of this family, outside of this city, uh, not seeing anyone around me. Like I didn't want to have my family, my dad, my mom, my brothers, and I used to keep telling myself that one day I'm gonna leave you all. I'm gonna reach somewhere. I didn't know where that wow. is. You know, I didn't have any idea. But I used to tell them, I used to tell my mother that one day I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove that I'm not part of this family. You have adopted me. Uh, you guys are so weird. And, you know, I don't know. How do you think? And I used to be a troubled child. You know, I used to have all this weird thing saying to my mother that just tell me the truth. Like, have you stolen me from a rich family? Um, Or have I like i was from some other city that you have brought me
0: here what would what would, how would they respond to that
1: they, they used to just like be really angry at me all the time and sometimes i used to get beaten up because i was just talking too much too much of rubbish
0: and they were conservative right they're they're quite religious
1: oh yeah i was eight or maybe i was nine one of our neighbors one of the the daughter she used to go to school with me and I remember she told me that uh, there was a boy in our neighborhood. Apparently she, she touched him or they talk or something. I don't remember exactly. But I came home and I told my mom, like, oh, my God, like, she, she has a go- boyfriend, you know, something like that. And you won't believe I was not allowed to go to my school. I wasn't allowed to talk to that girl anymore because for them was like, that, that's wrong. You know, you're going to get married and that's it. There is no boys. There is no talking about boys. And that, that's how my family was. And uh, they were very conservative. And um, as, as we call them, they were chadori. you know.
0: How would you even have the idea that that's not normal? I mean, how, would, how did you, where did the rebelliousness come
1: in you? I, uh, to, to be honest, now when I'm every year when I'm getting older and, you know, I keep thinking about it and I'm trying to put sense to it. Um, I think my grandmother, my mom's mother, because she was the only woman in entire family. Uh, she used to be a nurse. And uh, because she was working in hospital and she had few colleagues who, uh, they were in Iranian, you know, they were from India or they were from other countries. They, they were staying in Tehran. So she used to come home and she used to talk about these people and, you know, where they come from and, I used to be really fascinated by my grandmother because she was the only one on those, on those years. She she went to Macke and Suriye and all those places, right? So she used to travel. And when she used to come back, she used to come back with all these stories about playing and she did this, she ate that. And I think probably my grandmother has been my biggest influencer, I can say, when I was a kid because. When I think about my mother and the way she is, she, she doesn't know anything more than that, that, that life where her entire generations, they have lived it from mm. getting married, uh, struggling with life, being okay with whatever they have. Even if she's getting beaten up by her husband, that's how it is. That's how love is. Or that's how you keep your marriage. Or let's say, uh, you know, about the whole drama with, I don't know with the cousins, with the family. You know, you have everyone else into your business and all that. You know, all that whole culture. That's what works for her. But from when I was a kid, I used to tell my mother, "Why are you are tolerating this? Like, why are you are not giving my father divorce? Why are you are not leaving him when he's just such a, you know, horrible person to you?" And um, yeah, I think my grandmother has been my big, my biggest inspiration because. Uh, at the age of 15, when I used to start talking about leaving my house and, you know, moving out of apartment, she used to tell me, be your own boss, make your own money, hmm. make sure that you're going to study, make sure make sure you're not going to listen to your mother and get married when you're 17 or 18. She used to tell me all that, you know, hmm. she used to be like, uh, follow, follow your dreams, follow your heart, do whatever you feel like it's right, don't listen to other people. And unfortunately, I lost my grandmother when just two years before I left Iran,
0: which is when you were seventeen you know i don't I want to continue with your journey, but I don't want to get to the spoiler but but where where are your parents now, and how do they feel about you now i mean do they are they happy that you're a big star
1: uh well let let me correct you I'm not a big star yet I'm just a little tiny star which I'm trying to. <laughs> kind of shine not not much has happened for me yet but okay. thank you um, my mom she's in Iran uh, my two brothers are in Iran right now I'm on a best time of my relationship with my family because something happened in my life four years ago and it changed me as a person it I don't know it kind of made me to go back to a real myself that I am. Uh, I was running away from my country. I was running away from my culture. I was running away from my mother. I was running away from everyone. And I think I just realized four years ago that I'm just so tired of running. And so I decided to work on my relationships. And finally, now I have a good relationship with my family. And but in the beginning, no, they didn't talk to me for three years. They abandoned me for three years.
0: There's so much there. It's 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 beautiful to hear that you've been you've been repairing those things. You, okay, so let's say you're the little star, not the big star. I think I would yeah. contest that based <laughs> on the big films you've done and uh, the the amount of followers you have, etc. Um, Vali uh, yeah. ba momonet. Uh, I mean, does she say to you now like I- I'm I'm proud of you, honey? And what does that mean oh, to yeah. you?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now because. Uh, you know she comes to India and she sees the way people are treating me and the way you know from that little girl who had no money to do anything now I'm financially supporting myself I'm a powerful person in a society I have a say in a society I have um, you know in India when she comes here she, she always says she's I mean, obviously now she's like, oh, I always knew that you're going to be the only child that's going to reach places. Obviously, she's going to say that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, genuinely now she's she's proud of me. And, uh, you know, finally, I'm, after so many years of ups and downs and so much of hatred and so much of running away from her and my family, now finally we are okay. We are in a good place.
0: The story goes you were a flight attendant in Iran and then you left when yeah. you were, when you were only 17 so apparently you were quite a young flight attendant and then you yeah. you become this professional model in malaysia now the yeah. persian girl you just described the the awkward uh, with big glasses uh, academically oriented um, quiet persian girl yeah. uh, uh, there's a disconnect i mean i you can correct me if i'm wrong but it seems there's there's a certain amount of self-confidence that you need to be a, a model especially at the top level of it um when did you oh. realize that i guess you're attractive or that you can be this international model that that's a possibility for you
1: Okay, so this question has a couple of angles to the answer. First of all, I never thought that I'm going to become a model. And also there is a misinformation on social media and on my bio online. I never became a flight attendant. Oh. In Iran, there are courses. So basically when you finish your diploma or before you finish it, you can take those courses. If you finish your course, you get a degree from them. And after that, they start training you on an actual plane. And if you would like to, you can become a flight attendant. So I fill up my form. I finish my course. But what was behind my mind is finding a way to run away from my family and to run away from Iran. I didn't want to stay there. And <laughs> for, to be honest, for me, that was my master plan to kind of find a job where I'm going to travel a lot right so that was my master plan to kind of you know running away which mm. after i finished my course i was like uh, i don't think this is what i like i don't i don't think that i want to be a flight attendant mm-hmm. and so what happened is that at the same time i met few girls they used to live in uh, malaysia so i met them in iran at the party and uh they, they were telling me you know you look beautiful you should become a model and we live in Malaysia and we study there and when we have free time we do some modeling and I'm like uh yeah but I don't know how to do it so I met a friend of theirs who was a photographer who looked at me and he laughed and he said listen I'm just gonna take some pictures of you because your friends are asking but yeah okay fine I mean, you look nothing like a model, but if you (laughs) want to take pictures, sure.
0: That's encouraging. Yeah.
1: I tell you something. I am a big believer of karma. If you make fun of someone and if that someone has a true faith to themselves and to what they want to achieve in life, they will definitely achieve it. And it doesn't matter how many people they come and laugh at them. I still have that picture of my first photo shoot. I look weird looking Persian girl with no eyebrows and (laughs) I've done a horrible pose and no wonder this photographer told me that I don't look like a model because I wasn't my friend but the thing is I got an email and I got a message on my Instagram this is I think almost a year ago from some photographer who my team told me that there is a message by someone in Farsi but it's been repeatedly sending to your DM. So they said, do you want to check it out? So I opened the message. And guess who was the person? It's the photographer who has messaged me and saying me. He's so proud of me. He knew that I'm going to achieve whatever I want. And one day, I'm going to be the biggest model, which was not really true. But yeah, so wow, that's how I became a model. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just have to take a couple of steps back because you talked about needing to escape, needing to leave Iran. And, you know, this is not something that's going to be extraordinary to a lot of people in the diaspora because they've had that experience. For others of us, you know, I was born in England. I grew up there. I grew up in Canada. It never really occurred to me that I want to escape from Canada, you know? So that seems like a, that seems scary to, to leave the country you've grown up in, to leave your family, to leave all of the things that you've known and just go, uh, were you scared or was it somehow natural for you to do that?
1: Well, what you're saying is really right. Because let's say if I have a child tomorrow and I'm going to be staying in India for the rest of my life, and I would never want that for my child to have the feeling of running away from his or her house that's such a terrible terrible feeling yes i was lucky that god knows how i survived i i don't know it to be honest if you ask me how did i survive what was it in my mind that i thought i can leave the country with 700 dollars in my pocket and by not even talking speaking the language i I didn't even know English when I left Iran. I think what it was for me, definitely, I got introduced to a lot from age of 11 to 16. So we shifted to Tehran when I was 10. Suddenly, I was introduced to a bigger life, you know, a bigger city. Most of my friends from my high school, they used to have fancy cars and fancy houses. And some of them, you know, their parents, they were doctors or they, they had family members who they lived abroad and um you know and i introduced to mahware and tv and all that right so suddenly i felt like okay this all this looks amazing they seem they have a happy life and everything looks so normal and everyone is so happy so i want to have that i want that it doesn't matter what the price is going to be i don't care Hmm. i want to get it and i want i want to achieve those and i think the drive that I had, the what's it call it, the, the the crave that I had for achieving things. Probably in the beginning, it start from uh, I don't know being able to buy things or have a fancy car or a house or whatever. In the beginning, it start from that drive, and you know later on in life, obviously I have evolved in my life and my my desire has changed. But I think in the beginning, for me, it was simply to not wanting to stay in a country like that and. And also, it, it comes from a family that I belong to. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a happy childhood. You know, my, my childhood has been really difficult. And, you know, from broken home and from uh, not having enough money or not being able to buy things that you want. From all that, I think all that kind of forced me to, to leave the country. And obviously, later on, when I was a teenager, I was arrested twice for no reason, for going to party. And... You know, that also didn't really uh, work for me. In even Tehran? as a teenager, I used to question. Yeah, in Tehran, I've been arrested twice. Hmm. So for me, even as a teenager, that that didn't agree with me. With with my mind, I used to think, like, what have I done wrong? You know, why do I have to be in a place that having a good time with your friends and watching, I don't know, movies on a CD where there's a naked picture or, a, or an actress who's not even naked, who's just wearing a dress why should be that a problem or why should i be miserable and sad and being in a jail because of things which are normal in other countries so i think um that kind of made me to 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 want to escape you know yeah
0: you know you're also tremendously good at adapting
1: you go (laughs) you end
0: up in india i mean you're not an actress when you by the time you get there you learn to act somehow and i'm guessing because Bollywood requires a big amount of dancing and singing you you trained and you become a dancer as well or you're a singer and then for one of your big films i'm not sure if i can say this correctly it's a kia super cool hindham three is that how you say it
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) okay so the producer wanted to dub you but you didn't agree to that. Yeah. Instead, you started taking Hindi lessons and you succeeded in acting in Hindi without being dubbed. I mean, I'm not even sure how this is possible in short amounts of time. Is Hindi an easy language to learn? Is it similar to Farsi and, and to, not, to, do, to speak without an accent uh, for someone whose accent is between Farsi and English? How was this task not daunting? How did you do it?
1: Uh, See, where you come from, a place like me, I've understood it's only me. I've got me. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It's me and me and me. Yes, I have great friends around me. They've always been supportive with my career choices, with helping me, with all that. But at the end of the day, it's you and you and you only need you. So getting back, how I learned it? my desire every year has changed in life so for me acting was this whole world that I experienced with the small little project that I start Um, you know from the beginning when I started my commercial stuff and then I got the mainstream movie then I was uh, part of uh, Salman Khan's show and after that you know I've been introduced to this amazing people, amazing project where I look up to them and I'm like, oh my God, how these people have done it? Yes, they had choices and all that stuff. But then, because I'm not from here, I'm not from India, I have to put 10 times more the effort, the hard work, the language, dance, uh, script, all that. 10 times more I have to work. Because I've understood one thing. If you need something in life, you put your 100% and if you don't get it, then you can nag or you can be upset. But if you haven't given your 100%, my friend, you shouldn't be upset because you haven't given your 100%. And I think um, I respect my work so much. I love my work so much. And um, I did take a break for two years. Uh, I got married and I didn't want to work anymore. But that's the only regret that I have in my life because I stopped working. And I realized I worked so hard so many years to reach where I am and you know I stopped it for two years and you know it was a hard realization for me and but I was lucky enough to kind of pull myself out of it and um I think that's that's been kind of in me it's it's always I'm very uh, determined and I'm very uh, hardworking possessive all of that with my work so
0: So let me ask you uh Something yeah. around the the question yeah. of identity, and I don't I don't know if I'll phrase this the right way. And if you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to answer it. But uh, let me try and be rook yeah, if I can. Exactly. You know your mm-hmm. your success in India, as I understand it, is yeah. partly based mm-hmm. on the idea that millions of people there just assume you are Indian, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that, of course. Yeah. But does it tug at your heart that you cannot do what you're doing in the same way in Iran? That you'll and that you almost have to be mm-hmm. someone else to sell yourself in India?
1: It breaks my heart every single time. It breaks my heart. And recently, two weeks ago, um, I can't give you the name of the director because he still works in Iran. So he messaged me and he said, um, so there was this incident. There was a crew in India. They were here shooting for a film. And a friend of mine, an Indian guy who has produced the film, he was very excited for me to host Iranian dinner for this crew. So he planned it with me and suddenly he calls back and he says, hey, uh, listen, we have to cancel dinner because uh, they said no. And I said, oh, okay, that's, that's strange, why? Right? And he said, uh, sorry, I can't tell you, but I'll talk to you later, which I, I never got that call. And I didn't know what happened. So two weeks ago, I get a message from a director saying, hi, I am so-and-so, you know, last time when I was in India, I wanted you for our firm, and because, you know, I heard about you and you, you say in Mumbai, so it worked a lot for us, but then I didn't know who you are. I only heard that there is an Iranian model who works in Mumbai, but the moment I gave your name for the other process of the work, they said, no, she's, uh, yes, she's Iranian, but she has done a lot of modeling work outside of Iran, and She's one of the girls who's been watched, and uh, we can't work with her. You know, this guy is messaging me two weeks ago, telling me all this, and he says, I would love you to read my uh, script because we might come to India. And I said, oh, my God, that's great. So uh, am I going to be part of it? Which character you want me to play? And he says, I'm so sorry, Mandana. The only reason I'm messaging you, because I love your craft of work and... Uh, because it's Farsi and you, you are in Bollywood. So I want to have your opinion because you are part of that industry. And he's like, we cannot take you for any Iranian movie. You never going to be able to be part of any Iranian movie. And that, that breaks my heart because um, yeah. at the end of the day, Farsi is my first language. It's my mother tongue. And, um, you know, I, I want to do a movie where, you know, I'm acting in Farsi and um, yeah, it's, It's quite sad and heartbreaking and it has broke my heart a few times and um, I have even missed the project in LA because I couldn't travel there because of my passport. So it's, um, yeah.
0: And, you know, it occurs to me that it's a question that's not unfamiliar to many folks in the diaspora, but sometimes it's in reverse. Like a person who was a star in Iran will come, say, to the United States and suddenly be unknown, and that's a difficult transition. You've achieved all of your fame or your career, your wealth outside of Iran, and you've said you become sad when you speak Farsi and, and, and realize that the people in your homeland in Iran, where you were born, where you were raised, they don't really know you. How does that feel? How does, it, how does being in exile play out for you as an artist and as, as an individual?
1: To, to be honest, I've hid myself for so long. I didn't want to. People really know me back there because I think I decided to make a career outside of Iran and, you know, it's been really tough. It's not, it's not easy, especially the, the, the industry that I am part of it the entire India which is billions of people they want to be part of Bollywood and I'm not even from here I don't have family here I I don't know the language so I've taken a big risk to be part of this industry but then getting back to your question it's recently because I've decided to be in touch with my Iranian people with let's say you guys right example you guys are Iranian Mm -hmm. but you you lived all your life outside of iran i finally case, yeah. have found the courage to step out of my comfort zone to face my fears which is losing my iranian passport it might sound ridiculous to some people as you know they say oh you lived outside of iran for so many years and you could just get any passport and whatever yeah right but it's so i'm so emotionally attached to my passport. I know it has given me a lot of trouble. I've I've been through so much because of my passport. I've been to the jail at the airport because I'm Iranian. But still I feel if I lose my passport, I'm gonna lose my identity. I, I thought that for so many years, but now I realize my passport doesn't make me who I am. That's just hmm. piece of paper, you know so finally, I think I'm in a process of uh, giving up on it. And, uh, and that's the reason I'm kind of facing my fear, which is if I'm going to be out there and if I'm going to be introduced to Iranian audience as well, what's going to happen? So I think that that's a stage for me. And uh, it does. It does break my heart that. People in Iran, they don't know who I am.
0: Do you hear from any people in Iran? I mean, regular people, fans, do they, do oh, they reach yeah. out to you? or And what do they say?
1: How life works things out for you sometimes is really strange and beautiful. Um, I have an Iranian friend. She came here a year ago. She was my guest in India. And apparently she has a friend who is one of the producers from Manitou. Right. She saw my friend's uh, story on Instagram. And she asked Pega, she said, who is this Iranian chick with you? She's so beautiful. Is she really Iranian? So when Pega told her that, you know, she's my friend and yes, she's been modeling for many years and now she's in Bollywood and, you know, she, she brought me to India and I'm so proud of her. And so this, this person from Manitou was shocked by not knowing me. So they kind of digged in into my, you know, online stuff and my name and everything. And right away, they called Pega and they said, listen, we have to have her on our show because, uh, you know, surprisingly, we didn't know of her. Hmm. So I think in three months or four months, Manuto was already in India shooting about my life. And so basically, Manuto is the first platform where uh, they kind of introduced me to Iranian audience. And from that time until now, uh, there has been a lot of people from Iran, my my fan following, you know, some of them are now from Iran, and I get a lot of messages about how with Iranian passport you became a model. <laughs> like, who are you? Where have you been? <laughs> and uh, and I've, I've got messages from my school friends, from photographers that I knew, from... Um, I don't know, from like Save. I've I've got messages from my old neighbor that I don't know even know who the person is anymore.
0: If we could set up a a massive loudspeaker in the middle of Tehran yeah. that would reach out to all of the people yeah. of Iran. What would you want to say? What would you want the people in Iran, those and those those of us in the diaspora outside of Asia who maybe don't know you as well what would you want us to know about you? Yeah. What would you want to say to everybody?
1: Uh, about me or just tell everyone else? Either. Uh, I think the first thing that I want to say, and um, we are more than enough. We need to understand the unity that has made us to survive so many you know, problems that we have in Iran. Right now, it's a time for us to have that unity back, to be talking about one thing, to stand for one thing, to, to, to be supportive of each other. I feel what we need in Iran right now is a unity between people. We shouldn't give up. It's not a time to give up. It's not a time to forget who we are. And uh, about me, what I want them to know that um, I'm nothing different from you guys. I'm the same girl who's stuck in a house with her parents in Iran and with a bad boyfriend or with bad government or got arrested or forced to wear hijab or uh, been sent to Evan. I'm the same girl. But the only thing that I have is that I decided what I want in my life and I put my 110% and I told myself, It doesn't matter what's going to happen. You're going to survive this and you're going to come a better person and a bigger person from this situation.
0: That's powerfully said. Yeah. You know, you are strong in terms of the, the decisions you make. Uh, yeah. it was about It was about a year and a half ago in, in December two thousand and eighteen I remember this you shared a then and now picture on your Instagram page for which you were harshly criticized by some corners of the yeah. internet it was a, It was yeah. a collage of a photo of you with a hijab taken back in yeah. Iran and then a photo yeah. of you in a red swimsuit what yeah. What was that experience <laughs> and the fallout from it like well, you 're laughing, but I mean that must have been difficult in terms of the reaction you got right. Which couldn't have been unexpected, but what what did you learn from that?
1: Um, to, to be honest, a lot of people from here they always thought that I come from this fancy background. Who's probably my parents? There were some fancy Iranians who they sent me to outside of Iran, and you know, to study and to become model, and because that's that's how I look. That's what my look are. You know, I I look fancy and glamorous and wearing bikini and having this amazing life outside of iran but then my reality was my childhood was that hijab that's where i come from that's where i used to force or it wasn't a force but it it was like part of my life it's you know when you are in iran you don't look at it as a force when you are a kid i i used to question it i i remember the first day of my school it's so funny how i remember the exactly color of my dress i was wearing a yellow dress i fought with my mother when she gave me that man- ma- magnae and manto you know and I, I i told her like i'm not going to wear that i'm going to a school it's the first day i have to wear a nice dress since then to now how my life has changed the reason i'm laughing at it is because i can't believe I can't believe I was that person who used to wear hijab and go to school and and cover and and today, I can wear a bikini, and I'm absolutely confident in my skin.
0: Do you care when people attack you online?
1: Uh, no, not not anymore. i I used to have days this is beginning of my career when I used to get really upset that why people they don't like me, why? They're saying nasty things about me. I want people to love me. I want everyone to love me. I'm popular. I'm nice. I'm sweet. I'm beautiful. But then, my friend, the reality of life is you cannot please everybody. There are gonna be people who they're gonna come to your way, they're gonna try to break you, they're gonna hate you, and they have no reason for it. You know, that's that's what life is and uh, some people they're gonna love you and some people they're gonna hate you and some people they think you're too tall or too skinny or too fat or too uh, you have a weird accents or you come from a weird country. They don't matter. What matters in your life is your friends, family and the belief that you have. That's it.
0: I hear you I find but it how nice. do you keep it real though how do you keep it real I mean it, let's just talk about materially for a second as someone who comes from yes. modest means yeah. I mean you're rich now yeah. what does fame and fortune do to a person how, how if you're to be honest can yeah. you be the same person as you were growing up can you keep it real if you're that star
1: okay let me let me correct you I'm not rich yet I'm not a rich person yes I'm <laughs> okay. I'm wealthy okay. i'm I'm doing okay you know. Compared
0: but, to who are you not rich? Who, who, is, who, who, is, who are you thinking about when you say you're that, not rich? I mean, surely you're doing well in India, right?
1: I, well, I'm not rich from the level of being rich I have set for myself. Okay. Right now, I'm doing okay. okay. I, I'm okay. I'm happy, but I'm not rich yet. And, uh, and to be honest, how uh, I keep it real, you, you have to see my friends. My friends are not from the industry. Like, uh, my best friend, she's a housewife. She has um, three beautiful children. And that's how I keep myself real. And if you see me when I'm not working, I mean, I I look decent, but I'm wearing T-shirts and jeans, and I'm happy to be uh, in my friend's house, having homemade food and just chill. And I, I don't know where it comes from. Is it because of my past and because of the place that I come from? I... I value uh, people more than things. Mm. And um, I don't know if you follow me on social media. I I always keep it really on social media. If I have bad days, I talk about it. And um, I try to uh, get connected to my fans as much possible and as organically possible. Because um, And I think one of the reasons that I saw working with the NGO is, is that because I know the struggle. I know mm. where you are powerless how you feel i i know all that because I was that person once in upon a
0: time, you know? Let me explain to people about that. You, It's a, another yeah. perfect segue, segue because I, I wanted to ask you about yeah. that before we go. You've been working with an NGO called Angel Express, teaching yeah. underprivileged children for, for years now. And you founded an organization yeah. called MHT, Minds and Hearts Together, for children yeah. of the slums to uh, play football and uh, soccer in organized yeah. and organized teams and tournaments. You've just been explaining why that's important to you. What have you... Gained. what have you learned from doing that with these kids? Uh,
1: three years ago, I went to one of the biggest trauma in my life. And um, uh, it was a situation that I was physically and mentally numb. I, I couldn't feel anything anymore. I, I was at my friend's house and um, overnight I was thrown out of my house and there, there was a big trauma happening in my life that time and um I didn't eat for days I didn't talk to anyone for days and uh, you know she sat me down one day and she said you know I don't want to be a, a broken record and telling you you need to eat or you need to move on or you need to you know keep moving and uh, don't give up on life and all that but there is a place near our house where a um, friend of ours she used to go there and spend time with these kids so it's not a school but it's some few females they have uh built up the ngo called angel express and you know you can go hang out with kids maybe teach them something get them some food and i feel you need something like that you need to be around people like kids because of you know the energy that they have they are so pure and there is no agenda in them. So, and anyway, this friend of mine, she took me there, and uh, I started just going and hanging out with these kids, talking, teaching them some painting, and they kind of brought me back to life, and I started realizing that they have nothing. They, they Like, their houses is on road. Like, they literally have a plastic, they use it as a shelter, and that's their house. And it just made me realize that I used to be also poor and I used to have so many dreams and I worked so hard to reach where I am. And finally, my life is reaching the place that I wanted to be. Yes, right now I'm going through a downtime, but it hasn't been like this always. So I picked myself up from there. So I decided to open a company with my friend um it was a it was a private company and uh it was just few friends who they helped me they put money i put some and we start gathering all these kids from my area which called bandra and providing them two days of practice on one of the ground which the owner of the ground was a friend of mine so because he got to know about my cause that i'm doing he gave us a free ground i got Couple of more friends. We put money together. We bought them clothes, shoes, trainers, coaches. Um, So we start doing this, and um, I think I started with 20 kids in the beginning, or maybe 18. And day by day, you know, I got more people involved. And one of our girls, she plays for India now. Uh, She's she's not yet playing, but she's coach. She's been coached for Indian team, and Hmm. um, you know, a lot of people like uh, Ranveer Singh you know he came one of the day on the ground and he said um, you know i'm so i'm so proud of you you're doing this can i can i be part of it and he came and he played with the kids and you know it it, it it's it's been great
0: that's really amazing it, it truly yeah. is i can't keep you forever i know that i've just got one or two more questions i want to ask you and one, and and i keep yeah, coming sure. i keep coming back in my mind to the to these notions of identity and and it's really hard to yeah. Um, embark on the journey of this show talking to people uh, personalities and exploring stories of the Iranian diaspora all around the world without coming yeah. without hitting up against this wall you know, in a lot of cases of paradox of contradiction where somebody will ex- talk about their love of our common culture and our background and our um, a- and our people and our family values and all of that and then also tell yeah. this harrowing story as you have of of wanting to escape this country and, and not being able to work there and, um, you know, being quite bitter about elements of it. How do you come to terms with that paradox? And, and where is the, where is your identity for you? I mean, you've lived in different places now. No one would, would blame you if you wanted to say I'm Indian and this is where I'm going to be. And this is what I'm doing. I mean, you've it's that country's been good to you. Um, do you still feel you're an Iranian? Where do you fit in all of that?
1: I had my struggle, you know. Um, I had it for many years. I didn't know where I belonged anymore because, you know, I left Iran. I started living in Asia. So I was in Malaysia for some time. Then I was in Singapore. I was in Hong Kong. I never felt like I belonged to any of these places until um, when I got my first project in India, which is 2009. I came here for a few days and i love the people on set and i felt like they are quite similar to iranian culture so i left india and uh, again i had an offer for india and and this time i came for a longer time for six months it was great you know i made such amazing friends and the work was good i i was loving the people it felt like home i i think what home means to me is when you, I might not be from India, but I feel this place has given me so much, mm. so, so much that I, I, don't, I don't feel the burden, I don't feel that I'm missing home, as which is Iran. The last time when I went to Iran, I was missing home, Mumbai, you know, mm. that place was familiar for me, Iran is familiar, I know the language, I know the people and all that, right, but i don't feel burden anymore because i don't know is it because of i'm gro- i'm growing older you know because when you are younger you don't know where you belong and i was lucky enough that i found india and i found a job which i'm live I, I i live for my job and you know people kind of accepted me here and and obviously it's really tough it's really tough to start from zero it's really tough because I don't speak their language and I don't, I'm not from here. A lot of people think that I'm Indian, but I'm not.
0: Mm. With all of this said, Madhana, you, you still yeah. uh, are the place in Mumbai that people come to for Persian food.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> yeah. So. Well, for sure. Because, because also, see, uh, what happened is that, like, uh, look at all of us who are living outside of Iran, right? We have the best supermarkets and the best restaurants, and it owned by Iranians. Yes, and uh, I think I was missing that in Mumbai. I love food, and I eat a lot, and I can't live without my zeresh polo and Korma mm-hmm. sabzi and gheime. and uh, so, so unfortunately we don't we didn't have any Iranian restaurant in Mumbai, and uh, you know when I when i took a break for two years it was really difficult for me to come back so i was looking for an alternate uh, career and i said how about iranian cloud kitchen you know and i opened that and and to be honest it was so popular that i had to shut it down
0: <laughs> i don't I, I i don't doubt that for a second um yeah. before listen before i let you go yeah uh yeah. you talked about that you talked about that little uh documentary that they Manotow made for uh, about your life yeah. uh, last year yeah. and I watched it and and at one point you say I mean you're speaking in Farsi but you say um sometimes I'm talking about myself and I cannot believe this is my life now and I wonder yeah. <laughs> where you feel like you are on this journey? I mean, the question I had in my mind going into this interview was, have you done all that you've wanted to do? But you've said a number of times, uh, you, you, you're not as rich as you, you intend to be, and you're not as big a star as you intend to be. So I can hear the ambition bubbling under the surface. Um, where are you, where do you feel like Mondon Academy is on her journey?
1: Um, I'm in a phase right now where I accept my reality and I'm not running away anymore. I'm, Facing my fears, which I had for so many years. And I kind of lost my identity as Mandana. Right now, I have found my identity. And I am no shying away from saying from where I'm coming from, who I am, what I've been through. And I'm here to stay. So that's where I'm from. Like that, That's where I am right now in my life.
0: It's been such a pleasure getting to spend some time with you, to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: It, it feels so good to talk to someone who really understands, you know, where you come from. It's, it's amazing.
0: Stay safe out there. And we hope you to too. see you uh, see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Mondana Kadimi. She's an actress. She's a model. She's a Bollywood star. Uh, she joined us from Mumbai. India today. Little music from 1965 in a film called Ganja Karoon*, featuring Fardin, the singer on this is Iraj. time for Rook today. Thanks to the amazing Rook team that puts in so much hard work. You can email us at info at rookmedia.com Find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Chubbashin.